What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast, powered by Jiffy Lube. He's Justin Dunk, and I'm John Hodge. Today, we're discussing Mike Riley's new name. Brandon Banks comments on the 2021 season. Calgary's receiving core. The Riders signing former first-round NFL draft pick quarterback Paxton Lynch. And Charleston Hughes wanting revenge. But first, Dunkster, Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive lineman Brennan Labatt has decided not to play in 2021 amid concerns regarding COVID-19 restrictions. He intends to return in 2022 when the Grey Cup is held at Mosaic Stadium. But this obviously leaves a huge hole in the Riders' starting lineup. It's a massive one for sure. And even though Brendan Labatt was very much so wanting to get back on the field... It was really the restrictions in terms of the COVID-19 health and safety protocols that the players have to abide by, at least going into the season or into training camp. Now, Solomon Elamimi and the president of the PA sent a memo out to his membership recently and laid out all of the expectations, let's call them, of the players when they arrive for training camp and when they actually start practicing football didn't quite get to the games but it laid out how the season looks like right now he did tag that and this is very important that the document was made based on returning to play in february so everyone's saying well there's no differences between players who are fully vaccinated and who have potentially chosen not to be vaccinated and there should be differences there but the reason is because it was agreed upon based on the stipulations and the world that they were living in in February, right? So that really gives you an idea that, hey, they were looking at playing. So I think overall, when you look at everything that's laid out, it makes sense in terms of Labatt's reasoning. He felt like the protocols were super restrictive, especially in his hometown. Yeah, and he talked about as well with the the money being prorated over fourteen games, right? You know, for for fans who maybe don't know how that system works, that you know the normal CFL season's eighteen games. What they've done is limited it to fourteen, and that means players are getting that same percentage off. I think it's twenty two percent of their salary not paid. He voiced some concerns about that and wanting to spend time with his family. He did not want to be in a situation where we he had to isolate. For big chunks of the season he wanted to take advantage of saskatchewan summers he's got three little kids and i i fully understand um him wanting to do that especially as he said at a time in his kids lives when they're still little and they want to spend time with their parents right once kids reach <laughs> a certain age of adolescence whatever you know hanging out with mom and dad on the weekend becomes a lot less cool he's still in that really fun time when the kids are just as excited to spend time with mom and dad as mom and dad are, are to spend time with the kids so i fully respect his decision from that point of it 
Indeed, buddy. And I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt that he was paid $30,000 in December as a signing bonus for reworking his contract with the Riders. So he was originally scheduled to earn $180,000. Obviously, now that would have been prorated, but that prorated portion would have been $150,000 because he's got that $30,000 in the pocket. So easier to make this decision True. overall when you have that cash up front because a lot of players in the CFL aren't afforded that type of money right off the bat when they sign a fresh contract. And I think further to this, that the key here and what I stated off the top, I think is really important in terms of the daily requirements of the players across the league right now, that Elamimian stressed that those could change and they could change rather quickly because in Saskatchewan, for example, that province is going to be wide open. Alberta as well, they're on track to do that. So you wonder if maybe when Labatt's kids go back to school in September that he stays in football shape and he said he was going to and the riders give him a call and say hey do you want to finish out the season with us maybe that happens i think in a covid19 world it's important to state that you know nothing is a certainty and things can change that's a great point especially if uh the riders are sitting atop the west division and maybe he gets some playoff money i could definitely see that bingo Bo Levi Mitchell told you in a recent media availability that he's ready to, quote, not lean as heavily on big names, end quote, in his receiving core. Do you think he can still be productive despite losing a lot of key pass catchers? I still think that he can be productive because he's Bo Levi Mitchell, but I would be lying if I said that his receiving core, at least in my view, was, was great. I think they're, you know, Kamar Jordan, if he's healthy, is fantastic. Uh, let's remember he was unbelievable uh, for the first half of the 2018 season, but he suffered a season-ending knee injury. He essentially missed the whole 2019 season, and then he's out for 2020, of course, with the season being canceled. So Kamar Jordan, I mean, he's getting up there. He's now 32, uh, hasn't really been productive in three calendar years, right, at this point. Um, there's some question marks there. I think Kurji Mayala, the Canadian they drafted in 2019, the first round out of UConn, is sensational. Other than that, Dunkster, I think they're going to sorely miss Juwan Breskison. I think they're sorely going to miss Eric Rogers, who was really uh, Mitchell's uh, uh, comfort, uh, certainly in the red zone, a kind of a security blanket there. And then Reggie Bagleton, who was just sensational over the middle in 2019, now with the Green Bay Packers. So I have huge concerns about Mitchell's receiving core. Can he still be effective? Yes, but... I'm not sure he's going to look like the bow of old necessarily without a few all-star receivers to throw to. Hold up, hold up, hold up, though. Are we not forgetting that Bo Levi Mitchell had an MLP season where he threw for, I believe, over 5,000 yards without one receiver going over 1,000? Well, Wasn't that a thing? With, okay. Wasn't that a record that he set? With with injuries, fair enough. And, and he referred to himself in the media conference as a point guard you know, obviously, you know, like trying to hit lots of different receivers. At one point he said, you know, he was watching back old games and said, oh, I, I remember hearing somebody like one of the commentators say, oh, yeah, like Bo has actually hit eight different receivers. And he said, yeah, I want to do more of that hitting different guys. And obviously the Stampeders have a great offensive system. Obviously, Bo has got all the talent in the world. I'm not saying that's not the case. All I'm saying is. I, like I'm not a huge Markeith Ambles guy. I'm not a huge Josh Huff guy. I, I like Colton Hunchak a lot, the little Canadian they drafted out of York. But he's, you know, he's he's a little one-dimensional as a, you know, a, a zone kind of pocket finder in the slot. Ouch! Just, hold up, dude. Colton Hunchak has been living and training. Yes. With Bo Levi Mitchell during COVID nineteen. Do you think 
be at Bo Levi Mitchell? Would you let just any receiver do that with him? Uh, well, he's he's letting their global receiver do that as well. Uh, that's not a shot at Salgado. All I'm saying is this receiving core is not the receiving core we've seen of old. I've been texting with our guy, Ryan Ballantyne, who lives and dies stamps. And I told him, I think this is arguably the worst receiving core in the CFL right now. I would put it in the bottom third with Ottawa and Winnipeg. Um, it is not even remotely close. It's not even in the same stratosphere as as the receiving core. A couple hours north where in Edmonton they've got Darrell Walker, Greg Ellingson, Armonte Edwards, Tavon Smith, and they just had a Kenny Stafford. Like that receiving core is ridiculous. And again, I'm not saying Bo Levi Mitchell is going to go out there and look terrible. That's not true at all. But what I am saying is he does not have the playmaking ability at his disposal that he did a year ago. And I think he's got the least playmaking power at his disposal as he's ever had in his career. This receiving core, unless they have somebody come out of the woodwork, which is possible. Calgary's obviously done a good job of finding solid rookie contributors over the years. But unless somebody steps up in a big way, he's going to have to be better than ever. And he, he, he admitted that. He said, I'm going to have to be the best I've ever been. Or at least he said, I'm going to try to be the best I've ever been because he's going to need it. He doesn't have a marquee name at his disposal. But we've also seen year after year, Bolivar Mitchell creates stars out of receivers. I'm not saying those guys aren't talented, but guys that were relative unknowns, at least to CFL fans. And then a bunch of those guys have ended up either getting NFL shots or having stat stuffing season. So I think, yes, you could look at it and rank it and it's, oh, it's down there in the bottom of the league. But Bolivar Mitchell's throwing the football. We know that a few of these guys are going to be stars. We just don't know their names yet. Yes, you mentioned Colton Hunchak and Herjie Malaya and some of these guys that we have an idea about or have seen play a little bit. But there's going to be a star receiver or two, at least, I think, come out in Calgary just because Bo Levi Mitchell's throwing the ball. We'll have to wait and see. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Dunkster reigning CFL MOP Brandon Banks took to Twitter wondering aloud if it's even worth putting himself through the 2021 season for, quote, Little to nothing, end quote. Do you think that's fair? Certainly. It's what Brendan Labatt decided, at least for now in the summer in Saskatchewan, he's going to sit out. And Banks being the reigning MOP, it ends up getting more national attention. And admittedly, Banks has been very open and transparent, I think, on Twitter throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. And maybe some people would say, you know, especially probably from the Ticats, hey, Speedy V, you know, don't be tweeting this stuff out there because you're the <laughs> reigning CFL MOP. But it's a unique insight into his mind as a player. So I think, you know, so much we ask for that and we don't want cliche answers and we really want to feel like we know who these players are well banks has let us in and i think it's certainly more than fair when you consider that he felt like being fully vaccinated would afford him more freedoms up here but he doesn't want to come down and just be housebound for the entire cfl season in hamilton well, on a personal level, I appreciate Brandon Banks' sentiment because I'm someone who's fully vaccinated in the province of Manitoba. I'm still locked down pretty darn tight. Uh, but that being said, on the flip side, and I don't want to hammer on Banks, as you said, we complain about cliche answers, so it's not fair 
to to criticize harshly when when we get someone who's willing to say something. Uh, but he also did make a good chunk of change to not play in 2020. He made over seventy five thousand uh, dollars in the in the year 2020. That's a lot more money than a lot of people made in the pandemic. And it's bad optics for the CFL when your MLP comes out talking about making little to nothing. And it's like, well, you're, you're still making six figures. There's not that many people in this economy making six figures. And it would be nice if there was a little more transparency uh, from the CFL and the PA in terms of what these players actually made. Because CFL players know. They're, they're Dude, not, that's what we do. That's why well, people that's, come to Three Down Nation. Well, yeah, that's we have what the goods. we do. But there's a lot of people out there who think that CFL players are begging for change on street corners. And no, they're not Wall Street executives either, but they're they're somewhere in the middle. They're not poppers. <laughs> Star BC Lions quarterback Michael Riley has requested that people no longer refer to him as Mike. You asked him why on a recent media call. What is the reasoning, Hodge? Well, and I'm just realizing now, I'm pretty sure I referred to Mr. Riley as Mike off the top, so I apologize. Uh, but Michael has asked that people call him that uh, in honor of his late mother. Uh, Riley's mom passed away in March. He posted a very heartfelt message on social media at the time. He brought it up again in the media call. Uh, his, his mom, Rhonda, was a huge fan of his. His dad, Pat, uh, and her came up to lots of CFL games. I know a lot. He drew a big uh, reaction on social media when everybody saw Pat's flowing white locks of hair uh, that Silver go down to his shoulders. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful man hair there. But, uh, you know, uh, Rhonda hated the fact that people call their son Mike. And she used to get in arguments about it with with Michael and saying, like, look, what's on your birth certificate? So now he's going by Michael. It's going to take some getting used to for CFL fans. But judging by the reaction I've seen about it on Twitter, people seem very supportive of this. Obviously, it's a it's a very valid reason to request such a change. And uh, I, I, for one, it's going to take, again, some getting used to, but I'm perfectly happy to call him Michael. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to call anybody by whatever name they requested, but, you know, especially in this case, it's an easy decision because it's a very valid and, and touching personal reason uh, for Michael to request this. You wonder if this is the type of thing that helps Michael Riley now get back to that MOP level and have a season that we all felt he was capable of when he initially went to BC, Hodge, because really, from the jump since he's gone back to the West Coast, it hasn't gone well for Michael Riley, or let's say, formally, Mike Riley. Now he'll be known as Michael Riley, and clearly this season is going to be one, along with probably however long he plays, dedicated to his late mother, but the first one, since you've changed your name and the way you want to be known in the public, to me, is a major one. Absolutely. Uh, Dunkster, the Riders, signed former first-round NFL draft pick Paxton Lynch. Saskatchewan doesn't currently have a proven backup quarterback heading into the 2021 season. What are your expectations for the former Denver Bronco? All right, first of all, it should be known that if you follow us at 3downnation.com and read all our stuff, especially if you love the Riders, we first reported, as we often do, the big names that are added to CFL negotiation lists. And back in September, 
we had the story about Paxton Lynch being put on the list. Now, in large part, there are people in the past, I'm not going to name them, but former general managers and player personnel executives, they like to put big names on negotiation lists just because they felt like it would get a lot of attention. And maybe those guys were never going to show up. Colin might, Kaepernick. Uh, might you say they were hoping they would pop off the page? <laughs> you said it very well, Hodge. Colin Kaepernick <laughs> would be one of the most recent examples. People never, ever felt like he was going to come up and play in the CFL. They far, felt like it would tarnish his image. But I feel like more and more what we're seeing across the league now is if some of these big-name players, and yes, a lot of them have been with the Toronto Argos, are added to negotiation lists, that there's actually some sort of an interest there and a conversation that takes place on the other side, at least open to doing it. You know, maybe once they find out the actual real money that CFL players get, especially if you're a non-quarterback, then some of those guys aren't so interested. But it really is not surprising to me. In terms of the expectations, man, I am super curious, to be quite honest, to see if he even makes it through training camp. Obviously, we have all these COVID-19 protocols to go through, but there was all that hype around Vince Young when he showed up there, and they let him out of town, and I think both sides wanted to look decent, let's say, by using the injury as the reason he was let go. That's not the real reason. It's the same agent, though, Lee Steinberg, who represented Young with that deal with Chris Jones, that now negotiates one with Jeremy O'Day, who was the assistant general manager at the time. So some familiarity there certainly, I think, helped get this done. Our friends at Bodog released a bunch of prop bets for the 2021 CFL season. Which one do you think is the best value, Hodge? It's always exciting when the prop bets come up before the season, especially a year like this year where so much is up in the air, right? It's going to be really fun to make predictions because, frankly, we don't have a lot of information to go on. It's, it's, it's a ton of fun to speculate about what these teams are going to look like when they hit the field in August. But my favorite one, and I wrote in a whole article about this for three down, uh, the five best bets for the 2021 CFL season. I also on Monday mailbag this week uh, posted a ton of information for how to bet on prop bets because after the first article came out, I had a ton of tweets and texts from people saying, hey, this looks really fun. I have no idea how to do it, though. And it's like, okay, that's fine. It's just some very basic math. It's not too hard. Um, so if you're interested, check that out. Uh, but for me, the best prop bet is the over-under win total for the Edmonton Elks at five. Let's remember there's 14 games this season. That means to hit the over, Edmonton only has to go six and eight. That is not a huge total, especially for a team that's got a lot of depth right they've got trevor harris who's primed i think to have a really big season with all the talent that surrounded him defensively yes amando sewell's gone in the middle but they've still got a lot of good talent on that defensive line and when you look at their schedule like they they get ottawa and montreal at home to start the season and then they go on the road to bc and toronto those are four really quick games uh, against three teams that didn't make the playoffs in 2019. I think everybody's picking Ottawa to finish last in the East this year. And they get Ottawa twice, right? Winnipeg doesn't get Ottawa at all. Lots of West <laughs> teams only get Ottawa once. Edmonton gets them twice. For me, that's the best buy. Edmonton, over five wins. They only have to go six and eight, and you can almost double your money. To me, that's great value. Hashtag Bill C218, Hodge, because I feel like once that 
became more and more recognizable in the public. Single game sports betting has received royal assent. It's about to become legal in Canada. That's when a lot of those questions started flowing in for you, and people should definitely check out your piece. Well, and hey, stay tuned to Three Down Nation for all of your CFL betting needs. We got to take a quick break, Dunkster. When we come back, it'll be time for Hodges Heritage Moment. Welcome back. It's time for Hodges Heritage Moment. On this day in 2010, the Montreal Alouettes and Saskatchewan Rough Riders opened the CFL season to a sold-out crowd at Mosaic Stadium. The Riders avenged a loss in the 2009 Grey Cup by winning the game 54-51 in a double overtime, capping what is widely considered one of the greatest CFL games ever played. The game's most memorable play was made by star receiver S.J. Green, whose one-handed catch in the end zone has become one of the most iconic grabs in league history. Dunkster, do you remember watching that on Canada Day? Dude, that was epic, and that game was such a shooter. I certainly do, man. I got to say here quickly, though, before we get into three-minute drill presented and powered by Jiffy Lube, that recently, man, my buddy, he's got this old Honda Civic Hodge, and he's been wanting to keep it going. He's got it ticked like over 300,000 kilometers, well wow. over. Like we're talking about getting towards 400,000 kilometers. He's like, man, take a listen to my car. I'm not a car expert, but he's like, it's not sounding so good. So I was like, hey, checked it out, went for a little test drive with it. I'm like, you got to go to Jiffy Lube, get a fresh oil change. They'll do a little tune up. And, you know, it just didn't sound like something was quite right with the steering. Now that thing is rolling fresh and clean, ready to hit the road, running just like the CFL is for the 2021 season. Absolutely. And on that note, it is time for the three-minute drill powered by Jiffy Lube. Canadian receiver Anthony Parker announced his retirement from the Edmonton Elks. Are you going to miss watching him play? Definitely, man. He was a guy coming out of the University of Calgary that seemed like he had endless potential. Certainly, we'll miss him. The proposed scrimmage between the Riders and Bombers was disallowed by the CFL's medical committee. Is that a big deal? I think it is. It would have been fun to have that game uh, potentially even broadcast to fans across the country. You're hungry for football. We're also, unfortunately, though, not getting a scrimmage between Calgary and Edmonton. Receiver Ricky Collins Jr. has come out of retirement to sign with the Toronto Argonauts. Will that help them win some games, Dunkster? I would imagine so. I'm more curious about who's going to be throwing them the football there in Toronto. Seems like Nick Arbuckle, but hey, we'll see what happens. Vernon Adams Jr. wants the CFL to adopt different rules for vaccinated versus unvaccinated players, much like the NFL. Do you think that's a good idea? Well, considering how few CFL players are currently vaccinated, the rumor is that there's only about 30%. I think anything that you can do to incentivize guys getting needles in arms is probably a good thing. Charleston Hughes told Rod Peterson that he wants to destroy the Riders when he returns to Saskatchewan on September 17th. You think he will? Oh my goodness, he's going to be so amped up for that game. I would just say, hey, look out, Cody Fajardo. Goodness. <laughs> Veteran linebacker Dexter McCoyle has signed with the Argos. Think he'll live up to the hype of his previous days in Edmonton? He was unbelievable in Chris Jones' defense there. I really like this signing for Toronto. They have scooped up so much talent, it's not even funny. Ottawa's top pick from the 2021 CFL draft, Deshaun Stevens, has committed to West Virginia, where he, by pure coincidence, will be playing alongside Ottawa's second-round pick, Alonzo Adai. 
Do you think he'll play well there? I do, man. I see a much similar situation Hodge, you as a draft nerd, would know with a guy who went there from a lower-tiered school, really burst on the scene. I think Stevens has the ability to do much the same. The Bombers agreed to terms with receiver Cam Meredith, who had 66 catches for 888 yards and four touchdowns with the Chicago Bears in 2016. Dude, I remember picking him up on my NFL fantasy team. Could he be the receiver the Bombers need? Well, the Bombers signed Brian Mitchell. They were hoping he'd be the difference maker. They really need an impact player added to that group. If Meredith is healthy, 6'3", 210 pounds, yeah, he could be that guy. Dougster, the OUA, your former conference, announced a six-game 2021 schedule. Are you excited for some new sports football? Dude, I am jacked up, and I have to make a difficult decision between potentially doing some broadcasts of University of Guelph Griffin games versus going out into the Canada West, who I've really come to love. I really believe it's the most competitive conference in U sports, but man, it will be nice to getting back a full slate of three-down football. New Edmonton Elks linebacker Kevin Brown, formerly of the Ottawa Red Blacks, said, he won't wear number 31 out of respect for retired fullback Calvin McCarty. How classy is that? It's a very classy move, and it really shows the impact that Calvin McCarty had in Edmonton in his 13 years with that team. One of the best fullbacks, certainly, that I can remember in the CFL. That's all we got time for today, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Three Down Nation podcast powered by Jiffy Lube. We'll see you next week on Thursday. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.